0: I'd like some French toast, Scout said, and her mother shot her a look as if she'd asked for a shot of pure heroin. Scout's mother was terrified of calories. She was making an egg white omelet and some asparagus, and not much of either. Mother also didn't like that her daughter insisted that her name was now Scout. This change had occurred the previous summer, when all sorts of strange things had happened in the gated community in North Carolina they'd lived in while Scout's dad worked in the research triangle. Gas explosions, mysterious fires, strange people out and about. It had all been quite unnerving for Mother, and she'd been happy to see North Carolina in the rearview mirror. Unfortunately, Tennessee in the windshield didn't seem much different, with just the Smoky Mountains in front or behind. At first, she'd ignored Scout's name request, an irresistible force against an immovable object. The object won, because Scout simply refused to acknowledge her given name, Greer. It only took her 26 days in forcing her mother to watch to kill a mockingbird and then leaving it on, playing off the DVR on a constant loop. Every time her mother turned it off, Scout turned it back on. It also didn't hurt her cause that she had an aunt, a cousin, and a grandmother who were also named Greer, and the whole mess got quite confusing at times. Scout was easier all around, was the way her mother finally rationalized it, a phase the seventeen-year-old would grow out of. But Scout was who she was. Of course, Scout also knew giving up Greer meant she was the outsider, not of the clan, but she'd never really been inside so it shouldn't have bothered her that her mother now called her Scout. She'd wanted it, and her mother had given in. Victory. But the still child part of Scout kind of wished her mother hadn't given in. She was wise enough to realize that sometimes people gave in when the fight wasn't worth it, because they simply didn't care that much. Awareness was a bitch. Scout's hair was now red with blue streaks, since Scout believed change was good short and spiked. A lot of kids laughed at it in the new school that first day in January, but Scout had noted the ones who didn't laugh, who watched. She knew Nada would have approved. Eggs and ham or ham and eggs. There was a lot of difference. She missed Nada. She missed the team. She didn't even resent that they'd knocked her out to go do whatever they'd gone to go do. Although the online newspaper had reported a lab explosion on campus at UNC, yeah, right, Scout had thought upon reading that. Had Nightstalkers written all over it. The team really needed better cover stories. They'd left without a goodbye or fare thee well. Still, she'd understood on a base level that Nightstalkers never said goodbye. It was too permanent a thing in a business where there were more serious permanent things. I'm going riding today, Scout said, settling in on the bar stool at the perfectly clean granite kitchen bar. I need the carbs. The sun had come up over the Smokies to the southeast an hour and a half ago, and Scout was raring to go. Way too early for most seventeen year old girls, but Scout was anything but normal. The house was new, but unlike cars, it didn't have a new house smell. Actually, it smelled pretty much of nothing no character, no essence. It sat alone at the end of a cul de sac in a new, isolated subdivision outside of Knoxville, Tennessee on the wrong side of the river, but the right side of the railroad tracks. Scout often said the latter to irritate her parents, who'd sacrifice distance from Dad's work for price per square footage. She had no idea which side of the railroad tracks they were on, although she could hear the train coming through, hooting and tooting every so often. The nearest house was still under construction, and it depressed Scout to count the five electrical boxes lined up along the street between their house and that one because that meant while the houses were large, the lots were small, and if this place got fully developed, she'd be able to jump from rooftop to rooftop. Big houses, tiny lots. And the closest tree was a quarter mile away, as the developer had bought out a dairy farmer's field and was trying to squeeze the most possible nickels out of the real estate. Beyond that tree, huge power lines crossed the river, metal towers on each shoreline holding them up this was t v a country tennessee valley authority and the whole place thrived on power the smoky mountains were to the southeast but not visible from the front of the house